Blog Talk Radio. Twangero and Jokai, Rockabilly Mambo, and Korean classical violin looped jazz rock blues. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Catch them in this linen net. Keep on so I don't forget. From Los Angeles, California, it's Music Friday Live, brought to you in partnership with World Arts, a global platform for musicians, fans in the music industry, and with Gypset Magazine, host of the Musica Fusion LA podcast, which I'm on, by the way. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. This is your show. These bands are here to talk with you, so you can call in 347-215-7511, or you can email your questions and comments to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And I want to say welcome to our listeners on the CyberStationUSA.com network out there in the East Coast and their radio affiliates. And, and to those of you who are listening to us on Stitcher or iTunes or on the Artistic Echoes radio network in the UK, and of course you'll be hearing us tomorrow because it's tomorrow, today. Oh, well, you know what I mean. If you're listening live and have questions or or comments for our guests, call us, 347-215-7511. If you're listening to a podcast or you're listening in England or you've got headphones on and you really can't call in because you're at work, email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Well, when I first saw our next guest at the Gibson Guitar Center showcase a few weeks ago, I was blown away. Some of the guitar playing brought back my teen years surfing in L.A. and listening to music. Some of it was mesmerizing Spanish guitar picking, and some of it was totally different Latin fusion that channels Dwayne Eddy and Pioneer's Latino twang rockabilly. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it just blew me away. Uh, Diego Garcia, known as Twangaro, is uh, considered one of the best guitarists in Spain, he won the Latin Grammy. He's a, uh, a Gibson uh, guitar international artist, and he is, in my opinion, one of the best guitarists in any country anywhere. He has accompanied uh, some of the greats, Bunbury, Calamaro, and El Cigala, among others, and he's also launched his own solo career two years ago, releasing the albums Pachuco and Argentina Songbook. But best of all, He's here with us today. Twangaro, welcome to Music Friday Live. Thank you. Thank you so much, Patrick. My pleasure. Um, first of all, just where did you learn the guitar licks that I was raised on in the 50s in Los Angeles? I don't think you were around then in L.A. I, know, I, wasn't, I wasn't around in the 50s. Um, no, you know, my father, he, he, had, he has actually. Uh, uh, a great collection of uh, of guitar music, especially well, he liked uh, Chet Atkins and and the Shadows and the Ventures and all that surf, Dwayne Eddy surf music, mm-hmm. and and he was a he was a, a, a amateur guitar player, right? And he always wanted to be a guitar player, so he he showed me when I was five years years old I had my first contact with the vinyls with that you know remember the shadows vinyls oh sure oh, yeah. Stratocaster uh-huh, <laughs> in the right, cover right. uh-huh. that, that that was my my first my first uh meeting with the guitar it was visually before <laughs> listening I mean I remember that red Stratocaster Hank Marvin Stratocaster so but at the same time I, I started to I studied in, in in the conservatory, you know. I, when I was, I studied uh, at six years old. So I, I got into into the classical Spanish tradition, like you know Andres Segovia and Tarrega. Oh and yeah. So the pioneers, you know. And so I had like a like a, a, a formal academic training, but at the same time, I was. Uh, I wanted to be an American rocker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let me ask you. 
Is there a similarity between classical Spanish guitar playing and American rocker electric guitar? Are they two different art forms and two different skills? Uh, well, I mean, technically speaking, they are different. But technique, it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, uh, Spanish classical guitar represent, uh, represent what uh, our folklore, our folk, right? Yeah. The same way that American music represents uh, the folk, the soul of the American people, right? So I think we have a lot of things in common, uh, especially because uh, Spanish guitar music, it's, I mean, it's one of the first guitar music in the world. It yeah. influenced a lot of the American, the South and the North America, right? So Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, we have a lot of things in common, uh, harmonically speaking, even, no? The, the, okay. the, flamenco, the, the, the flamenco cadence, what we say, cadencia flamenca. This is the flamenco cadence. Yeah, thousand of songs <laughs> made <Cool>. after <laughs> after these four chords, right? Especially in America. So yeah, we have a lot of uh, things in common, but but the music it's uh, it's a thing that is alive all the time, and it's it's all the time. Actually, actually, it's been back and forth during the last two hundred years. No, so the conquerors, yeah. the Spanish. Con I had to say this word, the conquerors. <laughs> Uh, they came, <laughs> they came here. They came to Cuba. They went to Brazil. They went to New Orleans. But the music came back to Europe and influenced us, you know, uh, the same way that we did. So the music is is a, a live thing. Okay, it's, it's, it's alive. Well, uh, let, let's let our um, our audience hear a little bit of that music. I'm going to play a little bit of Gypsy Lady. All right. guitar first and then how to riff on the electric guitar or were they both together? I wasn't quite sure from our earlier conversation. What do you mean for this song or in general? In general. In general, well, I, I started playing nylon string. Yeah, I started playing uh -huh. uh, classical, but after a while, I mean, uh, when I was six, seven years old, yeah, I started playing. But I wanted to play the blues, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I remember <laughs> that I wanted to to be like John Lee Hooker or <laughs> that kind of thing. Oh yeah. So yeah, so we had we had uh, we had a friend in Valencia. He was American, and his his father was um, a soldier who was there working. So he he had like a. Good connections with American music, so I no I switched off to to electric guitar at, like at nine years old I was playing electric guitar you know but I, I never uh, I never forget uh, I mean I'm in love with the nylon string guitar it's uh, for me it's the best instrument to play when you're at home you know 
by yourself. Yeah. It's like a piano, but you can carry <laughs> the instrument wherever <laughs> you go, right? Okay. Well, speaking of the guitars and nylon strings, um, you you play a Gibson Gold guitar. W- would you t- tell our audience what's special about the guitar you play, and also how you came about in possession of that wonderful piece of musical equipment? Um, well, it, it, that was a that was a gift from from Gibson. Gibson gave me a guitar when I. I was um, I went to Frankfurt like three four years ago, mm-hmm. the European Nam show, and then I met uh, the Gibson staff and the president of Gibson. He he came to see me play, and he was uh, he told me, "Hey man, I'm your fan." <laughs> so <laughs> I was, <laughs> that's that's what he said. He's a, he's like a cowboy from Nashville, you know, and. and and, and we be, we became really good friends, and and he told me, I mean, you're coming to to Los Angeles for the for the next uh, Nam show, and and I want to make you a guitar for you, blah blah blah. And so I, I had a I have my main guitar is a Gibson, it's a gold top, but it's a hollow body, it's a big a huge guitar. At that time, I was playing in Frankfurt, I was playing that guitar, and he said, I want to make you a guitar, right? He said, okay. Um, but what kind of guitar is it? Something like this, but lighter, you know. Yeah. And, uh, more light. <laughs> so I said, <laughs> okay, I'm going to make you a Les Paul, um, hollow body, very light, very good sound with the big speed. I mean, like uh, like, like classic meets modern. That's, because I, that's my my way of life, no? I, I, classic meets modern. Yeah. I'm, I'm a contemporary man, but but... I know that you have to know of the tradition. You have to you have to look back before look further, right? Well, it's now. Does that guitar produce a special sound that no other guitar can produce? Mm, I, I wouldn't say that it's it's um it's it's a big sentence. No, <laughs> no, I, I would say that. <laughs> okay. And I can do whatever, no? I, I think I can do the music. It's uh, it's on your heart, it's on your brain, it's on your emotions, <laughs> it's on your hands. It's a combination of that, no? And mm. yeah, obviously, if it's a very, very, very good guitar or a special guitar, um, it it will make you play better, no? But okay. it doesn't matter. I mean, I I can have my sound. From uh, every every good guitar, I would say, <laughs> right? Okay. I mean, you have to right. you have to you have to have a good instrument. But no, I mean, it's just the object and the the thing that Gibson made me that guitar is so special. Uh, we have a really good relationship uh, between me and 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 here Gibson and, and Los Angeles and. They always yeah. help me with with guitars wherever I go. That's because I travel a lot around the world, and yes. it's a it's a very good thing to have Gibson Gibson uh, behind me because um, first of all I travel with no guitars, which is something beautiful, <laughs> you know. So fly, <laughs> fly, and when you arrive to Paris, <laughs> you have a guy waiting for you with a. Uh, with a guitar to play in, in the venue, right? So, Boy, is that is, ever a um, luxury? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's beautiful, and it's always like I mean the same kind of guitars, right? So we okay. keeps on all the time. So uh, they make they make my life uh, easier, my Much my, easier. my road life, <laughs> yeah. Much easier. Well, I want to give our audience uh, a little a little hint of the uh, the acoustic guitar playing that you do. I want to play them a little bit of um, El Comandante. Here we go. Hey, uh.
is a very interesting piece of music. And also, I, I love the video for that song, uh, the classic car, the classic woman. Uh, did, did, <laughs> did you write the song? Is there a song sheet for it? Do you put notes down on paper, or is it all done in your head? Uh, mm, depends. Uh, mostly it's in my head. I, I mean, I am... I practice. I, I practice um, composition. I mean, it's it, everybody say that it's uh, something from inspiration. Okay, I believe in inspiration, but but you have to work on it. No, it's it's a muscle. It's like a, like doing workout. <laughs> uh, I try to I try to work every day, and I have like a like a like a sound diary, no, of ideas. So I, yeah, I was training in classical music, so I can write. I can write music, but because I play popular music, I play uh, the music from, uh, you know, roots music. That's what I play. Yeah. So I prefer to have it first, and uh, like uh, an imagine in my brain that how, what kind of emotions and feelings I want to provoke to the listener. No. And okay. yeah, obviously you can do it. You can write all the ideas, but. In the modern times, you know, having a cell phone, if you have an idea, you can record it super fast, like, beep, 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 whatever, no? Yeah, so okay. I, cool. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a primitive uh, composer, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, your music certainly is a primitive. Speaking of videos, um, I noticed that, that um, you do quite a few videos in which you encounter a beautiful, confident woman driving a classic American muscle car. Um, is there a pattern here? Are women in the 70s Dodge Challengers constantly stopping to meet you? <laughs> no, that, well, that was an idea of, of, from the director. And, and actually, the last two videos that I did were two women, no? two Spanish women <laughs> with, yes, in muscle with cars. dark hair. Yeah, the muscle cars. It was... I don't know. It was they were different directors, and they they all say, "No, let's have a muscle." say, "Man, I just made a video with a muscle car." No, let's do another. Okay, okay, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you if you want to have a, a airplane in MTV Europe and all that kind of thing, <laughs> you have to you have to take uh, some a few elements that you know that fit very good in the commercial TV, right? Just a guy playing guitar. Just a guy playing guitar is not interesting enough <laughs> to be featured in, in the MTV, right? <laughs> well, it works. Uh, now, your your latest album is uh, Pachuco, which is the name for the Chicano culture of the '30s through the '50s that started in Mexico and El Paso and then expanded into California. And I actually lived through a little of it too. Um, and now there's a musical called Zoot Suit about that movement. I want to play um, your song, Coco Zoot Suit, and then kind of explore this whole thing a little bit. Here we go. This is Coco Zoot Suit. It actually was written uh, as a dance number. Were you inspired by the musical and the music of uh, Daniel Valdez and uh, Lalo Guerrero when you uh, wrote that? Uh, not especially. I mean, um, I knew about the about the, um, the play, um, but after, two years after I, I released the album, it was uh, re released the, the play right in, in Los Angeles last year. It was. Mm -hmm. I, I remember to see posters. Uh, 
Well, I listened to, to Lalo Guerrero a lot and, and all the things that Los Lobos made. And, you know, uh, sure. I know a, a, a few things about the, the, the Pachucos. Uh, mm-hmm. But my Pachuco, my, my Pachuco was uh, like a modern Pachuco, no? Like uh, musically, uh, I, I don't know how to say it, but it was like a, a mix of the North American South American culture, right? Like the surf yeah. and mambo, and right. so yeah, because I, because I am not a guy. I mean, I know it's the I have a lot of friends, and I play there, and uh, I have a relation. But my pachuco was more wide. It was like the the the, the, the meeting uh, of uh, of the north and the south, right? Which which is mm-hmm. something that I I, I always through my travels I've been traveling through uh, America through the Americas for the last 15 years so because I am um, I am uh, uh, an electric guitar player mainly and my roots are Latin no which is so it's very natural for me to do that thing of Pachuco like playing rockabilly with uh, mm-hmm. With the congas and and, and mm-hmm. instead of a instead of a upright bass, I do it uh, over uh, over two congas. <laughs> That's what I do. So for for me, it's very natural that thing. It's not a thing that I invented. Okay, I want to do this pachuco thing. No, it's uh, and pachuco is is the name of the yeah of the of the project. No, uh, like these two worlds. Uh, mm-hmm. Meet and can uh, can uh, I don't know how to say I can can be together can live together mm-hmm. uh, coexist is the word coexist yeah coexist. but at the same time it, sh- it should coexist socially speaking <laughs> that's what I you know so of course that's uh, what the musical was about was the problems and their coexistence and a, and a few murders that went along with it oh yeah <laughs> so. Yeah. No, it, but it was a, a good experiment for me to um, to do that kind of thing, that kind of, uh, and and it's and it's my signature. I think it's my signature forever. No, um, and, and in this album, Pachuco, I was more in, into the roots music, no, like rockabilly and and cha cha cha. But I think my signature is that I'm always uh, trying to investigate South American rhythms, no, like in Argentina, in Peru. But at the same time, I still, uh, I still keep my my American guitar studies, no, like bluegrass and ragtime, and man, it 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 never ends, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the music, <laughs> the the prop, the good and the bad thing, the bad thing about music, it it never ends. Yep. Well, and aren't we glad? Let me remind our listeners that uh, you're listening to Music Friday Live. We're talking with Twangero, uh, a <clears throat> Guero, and uh, you can talk with them too. You can call us 347-215-7511 or you can email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Some of you have already been emailing us. So, uh, let's go to the emails. Uh, the first one is from um, Rensselaer in San Francisco. And Rensselaer wants to know, and I think you may have answered this already, but he wants to know how many guitars do you have? Uh, I have a lot of guitars, man. <laughs> I have, and now I have, like here, I have two electrics, the Les Paul, a new one that Gibson gave me, uh, 335, and a, two acoustics, four, five in the U.S. in a great, five, and like uh, another 20 guitars in Madrid. My so, goodness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you it's open a lot. Your own guitar it's a, store. No, I mean just just uh, strings. <laughs> it's a lot of money, man. <laughs> you have to string all the things. So, but but I always play the same guitar. I have my main electric here in the U.S. and my main Spanish guitar, uh-huh. and I work with these two. And then when I go back to Spain, I have my main electric, which is very similar. It's a Gibson, and another Spanish guitar. All right, so. Yeah, but I, I'm a collector. I mean, I I, I got to say that I'm a collector. If I if someday I'm broke, I have guitars to sell. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope that that day never comes. Um, Wendy in uh, New York City wants to know 
How does winning a Latin Grammy change your life, or does it? Well, uh, it changed in some yeah, in some way. I think it changed because you are. Uh, I mean, doors are open to uh, uh, some places that you wouldn't if you don't have a Latin Grammy. But you know what? Uh, but we are Spaniards, so we we don't care much about this. Actually, when in the ceremony, we were playing in Mexico City that night. Oh, we had a gig. So you, and I, so you and weren't we, even there. We didn't, no, because we had a gig, and and my manager said, okay, let's cancel the gig. Say, no, you know, we have to do this gig. We have to pay my musicians. I mean, this is a going to Las Vegas. Is like no, they will send the Latin Grammy, right? So we were we were on the road. We are on the road all the year. So I mean, okay. it's, it's good to be to be. It's good to have that recognition, and it helped me a lot, especially in, in the U.S. that nobody knows about El Tuanguero. So when you say no, I have a Latin Grammy, and and I have a Latin Grammy as a producer, you know, which is uh-huh. uh, which is very interesting for for the for the media, for the radio station, for they say, oh man, this guy has a, so okay, let's see what what he has to offer. So it, yeah, it helps, and I'm very uh, I give thanks to to the academy to for, for that recognition. We're, we're getting a little tight on time, but I do have uh, one other question. This is from Regatonal. That's an interesting name. Regatonal <laughs> in Los Angeles. And Regatonal wants to know, where do you actually live? I live in, in, I live in Koreatown, <laughs> Los Angeles. Oh, so in Los Angeles? Yeah, I'm, I'm, living, okay. I'm living now in Los Angeles. Okay, all right, because you, you travel so much. I, I think Rigatonal uh, was wondering, do you live in Spain? Do you live in Europe? Do you live in L.A.? But you live in L.A. now. Well, we have a little bit of time, and I want to play uh, a bit of um, uh, Lo, uh, La Pupera. Now you um, you collaborated with the Argentine uh, rocker Andres uh, Calamaro on on that one. Uh, who did what? He sang and you played. Uh, we we sang together. We, we it was a duet. Uh, we we sang uh, apart. Everyone, you know, we we shared the vocals thing. Yeah, Andres Calamaro is like is the most important rock uh, Latin rock singer in South America for me very and for important. for a lot of people. Yeah, very important. Yes. He he just won a Grammy in the last uh last ceremony for the best rock song. So and I've right. been playing with him for, for the last thing for the last fifty years. I started to play with him when I was very young. <laughs> okay. And, all right. And, um, yeah, and it was, it was a pleasure. I wanted to ask you, and we have a number of emails asking the same thing: is that when you play with him, or you play with Bunbury, or uh, uh, El Segal, or, or others, how does that work? Do, do you compose the music together? Do you do you handle the guitar? Do, do, how, how do you guys work this out? Well, um, especially those three guys are my friends. So the relationship was uh, and bad at the same time, right? <laughs> because we are <laughs> <Okay>. friends. <laughs> so, right. no, I, 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 I play guitar, but for example, with Calamaro, we, we compose together a lot of things. Yeah, and with Sigala, which is the best flamenco singer in the world, I was his producer, right? So, yeah. um, but I mean, but it's okay. I mean, we are pretty close friends, and when you are very close friends with someone, 
you, you fight <laughs> constantly, you know, <laughs> especially in between us, you know, the, the, the kind of gypsy guys. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we are out of time, unfortunately. Uh, and, and let me just say, when you get ready for your next um, American tour or any gigs here in Los Angeles, or you're going to release a new album or song, uh, please let us know. We would love to have you back. Uh, in the meantime, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. It's, it's a lot of fun, and you, it's a really nice conversation. And Well, I'll let you know where my next moves are. Okay, do that. All right. That's Twangaro, and you will get addicted to his music just like I am addicted to his music. And uh, get his albums on iTunes. Uh, go to his website, www.twangaro.com. Uh, you can also check them out on Google Play or on Spotify. Well, our broadcast partner, World Arts, has a, a message for you. And then we're going to come back and we have another guest. We're going to talk with uh, Joe Kai. And you won't want to miss, miss this. World Arts brings the entire music world together on one global stage. We give artists the tools to sell and license their music, interact with industry pros, and play live to a whole new audience. Wherever they are on their journey, we want artists to get paid for what they create. At World Arts, fans can discover new songs, get exclusive rewards, and crowdfund projects for artists. Brands can offer opportunities for artists to create original content that fans can instantly vote on and share. World Arts is the global music platform where we can all rise above the noise. Take your career to the next level. Discover new artists. At World Art, it's all about the music. We're members of World Arts, and you should be too. It's a great organization, and it's a way to keep in touch with uh, uh, musicians and uh, special events. Um, and it's free too, so sign up, worldarts.com. And boy, boy, wasn't that fun listening to Twanguero. I just, I just loved it. But right now, we have another guest because we're back here at Music Friday Live. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, and we would like to hear from you. You can call in 347-215-7511, or you can email us. Many people email. We even got some email for our upcoming guests, too, as a matter of fact, uh, Joe Key. So uh, email us or call us because you're part of this program. Now, I'm going to have to, he, he may correct me on this, but I'm going to have to, to make sure that we, we get the pronunciation right. Uh, Joe Key has many stories to tell, stories of musical experimentation, of otherness, of the joy of discovery, of loneliness, and even of the feelings of a dog. Korean-born and Seattle-raised songwriter and violinist, uh, Joe takes us on an adventure from Korea to an America that he sees, but we don't, but we might someday in the future. He uses classical violin, loop pedal, songwriting, and vocals to convey the experience of immigrants in America in his debut album, Migrants. Classically trained, he looked beyond the confines of the symphonic violin to create a space that he could control, and the result is uniquely American in its entrepreneurism, and it's uniquely his in its sound and its story. And we're very proud to have him with us today. Joe, welcome to Music Friday Live. Hi, Patrick. Thank you so much for having me. And I, I have uh, I have a script in front of me, and it's got all kinds of annotations on it. Key or Kai? It's Kai as in apple pie. <laughs> okay, all right. That's it. Because I have, I have conflicting pronunciations written out for me here, even though we no talked earlier. Yeah. Joe, well, okay, well, Joe... Should, it, it, yeah, it's funny you should mention because um, I mean the the original in Korean is is actually pronounced K. But when we moved here in 1993 and I was at the age of six, uh, you know people read that that spelling K Y E and and went with Kai and rather than uh, correcting, I, I think we ended up just embracing um, what what became the pronunciation. So even me correcting you like oh this is supposed to be Kai is is kind of ironic and hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. Right? Yeah. Um, I have a similar story with my name too, but that for another hmm. time. 
Uh, well, there we go. First of all, this is quite an album. It, it's quite an adventure. It has a lullaby on it. It's got some rock elements. Mm. It's got some rap in it. It's got some classic. It's got a happy song, and it's even got a biblical reference. Some of the songs mm. appear on your earlier live album, and some are new. How did you put this album to, together? Was there a strategy to it? Yeah, I mean, I would. the strategy, I guess, was to be completely and authentically myself. Um, I think right around the time of the election in, in 2016, um, you know, I was, I had some issues with my identity and um, there were a lot of challenges that I was facing as far as the, the attacks and uh, on immigrants and the things that I was hearing about, about the other um, that, that made it really hard to create Um but rather than, I think, succumb to that, um, I was able to embrace this idea of being a migrant fully. So rather than locate my music uh, you know, solely in Korean folk music, I decided to create an album that um, exhibited a lot of the, the, the disparate and diverse influences that I think have made me the, the musician today. So whether that is classical music, um, Tchaikovsky, to Miles Davis and jazz, to uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, you know, that, that I fell in love with uh, in college. Um, you know, my life, I, I've, I've felt the emotions through music um, from a, a variety of genres. And so my goal for the album was really to create um, a, a landscape that, you know, on first listen, maybe, maybe bizarre and perhaps a little too eclectic, um, but ultimately, I think uh, together as a whole represent um, the different experiences that I've had um, as a as a journeyer. Well, it's interesting you say that because um, I know that it, you've said in other places that you you don't feel Korean sometimes and that sometimes you don't feel American. And actually, I hear this from from many artists uh, and others who have come to the United States. But. From what I've heard in both in both of your albums, your music is kind of all American. You you don't use any Korean instruments, or, or is there a Korean element in there that I'm just not hearing? Um, I would say a lot of, well, yeah, certainly not. I'm not using any Korean folk instruments, um, but you know, I, I, my first memory is um, auditory. I remember being on my mom's back and um, listening to her sing me these Korean lullabies and, and, you know, I had my ear pressed against her shoulder blades and I was, I was hearing kind of that, that's that beautiful sound um, through, through her back. And so I think melodically um, and some of the scales that I explore, especially in songs like migrants, um, I, I think bring me back to, to some of those influences. Um, I guess, you know, it, it, I also balk at um, the, the separation of Korean um, music and American music as well. I mean, I think one of my goals as a creative um, professional in, in modern times and, and, and part of a, a uh, marginalized demographic at that is to expand upon the definition of what it means to be all American. Um, you know, it's not just classical music and, and baseball and, uh, you know, take me out to the ball game, but that the immigrant experience, the immigrant American, the Asian American, the, the Korean American um, is part of the diverse fabric that creates the, the whole vision of, of what America can be. Okay. And uh, we're all working on hoping it gets there, but uh, right now I want to play uh, a, a song that apparently you wrote right after the, the 2016 election, this is ready.
Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, let, I want to shift to a, a well, I process how all of that worked and fits together. Uh, which, <laughs> all right. I want to shift to a lighter topic, at least uh, lyrically, and play a little of Bam Bam's lullaby, which I understand mm. comes from the unique point of view of a dog. Here we go. Bam Bam's lullaby. Uh, I understand the, the point of view. Uh, but the music in that song, I hear a plucked violin, uh, which I hear what sounds like a looped pluck, some drums, mm-hmm. a played violin, vocals, and something that sounds brassy or guitarish towards the end. Um, what went into that piece of music? Sure. Well, so the three different instruments that are on the, the record are an upright bass uh, played by Chris Frank, who's a bassist here in Portland. Uh, the drums are played by Matt, Matthew Berger, who is also uh, a drummer here in Portland. Uh, and then you have a variety of, of violin sounds from, yes, the, the plucked uh, violin sound, also known as a pizzicato, and I set that loop uh, and then some bowed violin, and then at the end, uh, I have my violin going through an effects processor. So I, I have a overdrive, um, kind of twangy, as you mentioned, electric guitar type of sound that I use to, to solo over the top of that. Okay, that's what that is. All right. Well, I understand, as we said, that the lyrics are from the point of view of your, of your dog, uh, wondering, uh, when you, uh, wondering about you when you leave the house. Now, Americans and Koreans have, have different attitudes towards dogs. Would, hmm. would I be wrong to see this song and, and your, your possession of a, uh, of a dog or, or your dog's possession of you, as the case may be, as a sign of your Americanization? Um, it's funny you should mention that. I don't know if necessarily it's a sign of the Americanization. Um, however, I will say that, you know, what is, on, on the surface, a, a song about my dog and the dog's feelings, perhaps, and kind of the longing and, and yearning um, that she may feel when I'm gone um, is also kind of a metaphor for myself. Um, you know, my parents moved mm-hmm. back to Korea in, to, in 2008. And so, you know, the geographic distance, the, the actual physical distance is, um, is hard enough. But you know, now that we live in two very different countries, um, the cultural and linguistic gaps are constantly um, widening, and and there's there's that sense of um, there's that sense of of loss. And uh, so, yeah, it, it is on the one hand about my dog Bam Bam, uh, but on the other hand, it's I, I think I try to express my own feelings um, of yearning and and missing my parents. Um, across a, a, a boundary that, that seems to be ever, ever increasing. Uh, a, a feeling that all of us can, can feel whether or not uh, it's, it's, it's crossing uh, national boundaries, but definitely when it's across yeah. national boundaries, I had the same feeling when I lived in Singapore for a while. Let mm-hmm. me remind our mm-hmm. listeners that we're talking with Joe Kai, that's K-Y-E, about his latest album, of migrants, and you can talk to him too. You can uh, call in three four seven two one five seven five eleven. Pardon me. Well, that should be calling in. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, they're emailing in because a lot of oh, them are great. sitting there at work with their headphones on. But we have a whole bunch of emails here, so let me go to these. Uh, 
Maria in uh, Palo Alto wants to know, did your parents start you on the violin and did you learn any other instruments? Yeah, um, I did. I started, well, I grew up in Seattle, Washington, and Seattle had an amazing public music program um, that allowed kids to choose an instrument um, and they would receive instruction in, in that discipline. Um, so right around fourth grade, I had started on the recorder in third grade, like, like every good elementary ki- uh, school kid. And then uh, in fourth grade, I ended up choosing to play the violin. Um, and then uh, you know, my, my dad was actually, you know, he was a, he was an immigrant and he was a student here. Um, and so, you know, to feed a family of four on a, on a PA salary was pretty difficult. Um, so private lessons were a pipe dream until in sixth grade, um, uh, Jim Mihara, who was a violin teacher up in Seattle, um, offered me a scholarship to, to, uh, to receive violin lessons. And, um, then I received, uh, similar scholarships and similar teaching from, from John Kim and Margie Talvey, um, up in Seattle. Um, so it was really through the grace of, of some amazing teachers that, um, I was able to, to develop my skills. Um, I did start playing. My dad is a self-taught guitarist. Uh, and so around 16, uh, when I became interested in, in wooing others, uh, I started, I picked up the violin and uh, started writing songs and singing. Uh, and then I would say uh, senior year um, of high school, I, start, I joined the vocal jazz ensemble. And then in college, um, really dove headfirst into singing um, with, a, with an acapella group called the Society of Orpheus and Bacchus. Um, so, yeah, I would say I'm a multi-instrumentalist and, um, you know, I, I jump from here to there. Whatever can, uh, whatever helps me communicate my my message, um, I'm happy to to do. Okay, um, Vincent in Dallas wants to know: um, Are you moving more towards rock and rap, more commercial sound? Hmm. Uh, I actually do some work with Facebook right now. I, I have a lot of, I do a lot of work as a producer, and so you know, sometimes I'm creating. Um, more you know produced kind of rap and commercial sounds um you know i i it's hard to answer that question because it it requires some forecasting and uh unfortunately i it's hard to forecast you know i kind of go with what i'm really interested in and you know i i listen to a lot of a lot of jazz a lot of bop and i've been working on kind of my my jazz scales recently so maybe the next the next record will be more jazz influenced um but I've also been, you know, collaborating with, with Korean musicians, uh, looking to reinterpret, you know, Korean folk instruments. So mm, how can I okay. combine those with, um, you know, with hip hop beats and other, other sounds that I think uh, share the same emotive quality, um, but maybe not necessarily the same genre root? Um, because for me, that hybridity and the, the exploration of, of fusing different styles around a, a similar emotion, I think, is what what leads to a more inclusive and new cultural, you know, cultural vocabularies. Uh, I've got a comment on that in a minute, but uh, Tular in L.A. just emailed in, uh, love to see you in L.A. Is that ever possible? Yes. Uh, I just played my album release show uh, December 9th uh, at... Um, at Naval in downtown Los Angeles with an awesome contemporary dance company um, called the assembly dance company. Um, but yes, I will definitely be returning to LA. You can always sign up for the mailing list at jokai.com slash contact. And that way you'll get my m- monthly ish newsletters um, with upcoming shows. Okay. All right. Well, let be sure and let us know. Uh, speaking of um, combining uh, music with, with Korean uh, elements as I are um, uh, Korean instruments, as I mentioned to you off air, and I'll just tell my audience here, uh, the yeah. band Kumyao, a Kumbia uh, folk band, Kumbia rock folk band here in Los Angeles, who has actually been on this show, did a uh, concert recently with uh, Iksu and Suk-yong um, at the Korean Cultural Center of Los Angeles, and you can find the video for that on my uh, my YouTube page, and it works very well. You'd be surprised how well uh, uh, Kumbia can, can work with uh, Korean music. 
Well, we are uh, almost out of time, but I did want to play a little bit of the title uh, title song. So I'm going to play um, Migrants. I'm going to play it in two parts. I'm going to play the first part to get the instrumental and then come back and do some of the vocals. So here's Migrants' instrumental part. This is uh, the uh, the first minute or so of Migrants, the instrumental. Now I want to play, uh, want to go into the song about the two and a half minute mark, and this is uh, some of the uh, vocals. <laughs> Migrants, that's the title track from the album, and unfortunately, we're very tight on time. The, the, the song starts off very sprightly, almost childlike, and then it gets plaintive. Now, what, quickly, what went on in your mind? What goes on in your mind when, when you confront being an immigrant? Were you persecuted or bullying? And this is sort of uh, the, the result of that. For sure. And, you know, that that bullying also comes internally as well as an immigrant. You know, when you are surrounded by people who are convinced that you don't belong, I think it's really hard to convince yourself that you do. Um, So, yeah, the first grade, my my first day of school in first grade, uh, I I walked home crying because of the frustration of not being able to communicate to anyone uh, how I felt. And, of course, the, the perception, of course, that that I was dumb. (laughs) <laughs> well, hopefully that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, Joe Kai, I want to say thank you so much for spending the time with us today. I want to have you back on the air, too, at some point, because obviously we have a lot more a lot more to talk about. But uh, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Patrick. Thank Joe Kai, the new album is, is Migrants, very timely. It's available on Apple Music, SoundCloud, Spotify, and best of all, at his website, www.joekai, that's K-Y-E dot com. You've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan on the CyberStationUSA.com network, on the Blog Talk Radio network, our radio affiliates, uh, and also in uh, the UK on the Artist Echoes network. Like our Facebook page, follow our Twitter feed, get real-time updates on our guests. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartlebin. Our intern is Angeline Serrano, who has her own radio show now. You go, girl. Download these and other Music Friday programs at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Music Friday. Be here next Friday. Our guest will be Danielle Holabaugh. You've heard her voice backing up many, many songs and soundtracks, and now you're going to get to talk to the woman herself. That's it for now. Have a great musical weekend. Bye.